Hey, this is Edgar. And this is Stanley. And this is Olivia, finally back. Uh, finally <laughs> back. back! Oh my god! <laughs> Where do you come from? Yeah, uh, that's amazing. We are so happy to have you back. It's I'm been back. it's been a long. It's been like a month. Like I know, or over a it's month. Been, it's, yeah, it's it, been a long time. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, real quick, I want to give a shout out to all our awesome and amazing guests who made the yeah. time to be on our show. We really Thank appreciate you guys. it, and we hope well, to have really great. And we hope to have some of you back, even with Olivia. That you know, it'd be great. Please come back. Yes, come hang out with, while I'm here. <laughs> yes, and Olivia, we are so happy to have you back. Tell us where were you? So Why were you gone? Why were you gone? I, oh, we missed so you. So I was gone <laughs> because I was visiting family in Pakistan. So I went to the Bay and then I went to Pakistan and I was just there for a really long time. Yes. <laughs> now, let me ask you, um, were you, because while you were in uh, Pakistan, like literally the country decided to have a meltdown. <laughs> so like, while you were gone, like America was like going through this crazy moment with yeah. Trump's first week, uh, and everything happening. What was like your point of view being literally uh, like half Outsider. the world away? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's so weird because I was also out of the country for, I was out of the country for um, the election. So I was out of the country when Trump got elected. And then I left mm, basically yeah. right after the inauguration. And so... So you're saying this is your fault. It's what you're saying. I mean, maybe the country spiraling <laughs> in a frenzy is due to me traveling. I think Who so. Knows? I think so. Correlation does not necessarily imply causation but you know (laughs) yeah Um. but it was uh, it was really interesting because um my family at least who i was with they're not really um they don't really keep up to date on the news or politics and i basically absorbed that shit like a sponge so i every day was just like reading the news and just like constantly on my phone and reading and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. my American family as well as my Pakistani family, like there was this weird like, there were some Trump like there were always Trump jokes about immigration, like ha ha ha, are you gonna be able to go back? And then half of them being <laughs> like, can you stop reading about Trump all the time? And I'm just like, okay, the country's literally in a meltdown. It was actually really funny because my mom kept trying to explain Trump and his policies and like all of these things that were wrong to my Pakistani family. And I would like literally sit there and yell at her. I was like, but you didn't even vote. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're like, you could have changed things. Your one vote in the state of Texas could have changed things. I mean, like obviously (laughs) her one vote in the state of Texas could change things. It was more of like a, you know fun jab but i'd always like try to undercut her being like well you didn't even vote so yeah why are you complaining right why complaining (laughs) i get to complain i voted yes (laughs) (laughs) oh man so you know the 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 world decided i mean the country decided to have this giant meltdown while you were gone um were uh, did was there any sort of were you af- ever afraid that you maybe couldn't come back like was that did that ever run through your mind you're a US I, citizen so I am I'm a US citizen me my mom and my sister are all US citizens um but the, being held at the airport is not a it's not a strange occurrence for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened before, um, sometimes for hours at a time. I think the longest I've ever been held is like five hours. What? Um, yeah. So it's not something that I'm unfamiliar with, um, right. but definitely with the travel ban, Pakistan's not on the list of seven countries. No, but it was banned. floated as a, possi- it was a possible basic- one to be added. Yeah, it was a possible one to be added. And basically Pakistan, and I can't remember, but I think one other country were on a list um, where they decided to have extreme vetting, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a point where I was just kind of like, I know I'm a citizen, but right. I was follow I was following the news very closely because you know you never know what can happen, and even coming back with a passport from Pakistan, like having those stamps in your passport is not exactly a vote of confidence for you. So I was right. telling my mom, I was like, if this gets any worse, then we just we have to reroute through Boston, we have to do this, we have to do that. I was. I mean, like, I have a few friends who are lawyers, so I was keeping all of that in mind. Um, you were just getting so, ready. That's so insane. Yeah. That so, like, US especially like a backup when the travel ban in, hit uh, initially. Yeah. Like, the fact that a U.S. citizen felt the need to plan I, the, exactly. for that kind of thing is exactly. a little bit ridiculous. And, like, even while I was doing it, it was one of those things where I was just kind of like, Okay, you're you're a citizen. You really don't have a real reason to worry, but I mean, reality I, is stranger than fiction at this point. So like, I don't even I couldn't even predict what could or couldn't happen at that right, moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then it, it got reversed, and it was just a very like a great feeling. It was a yeah. yeah. It was yes. a, it was a really great moment of triumph, but also like a moment of relief and it was like a weird combination of those two things where it's just like okay now i won't have a problem coming back into the country like the most they can do is hold me for a few hours and Mm -hmm. that's it right right oh um (laughs) we're glad you're back (laughs) we are so (laughs) happy we are so happy you're back um i'm happy to be back i missed (laughs) y'all oh we missed you you um yes so we've uh the podcast itself has been gone for a week we took yeah uh, we took a week we took a week off um but we're back and things have been happening uh so for this sort of first news segment we're going to try to compress a lot of the things but the thing the major thing that happened today was Trump had his uh, joint Congress speech. This is the speech he, uh, a president typically gives uh, before their State of the Union one year in the job. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, it's the State of the Union, but like the yes. first like, one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first State of the Union, not called the State of the Union, but it has all the same traditions, all the same hoopla, just... Literally, it, it's the same thing as the State of the Union. Yes. It's just not called the State it's of the Union. It's just not called the State of the Union. Uh, so we were talking, uh, you know, before we started recording, we were like, how are we going to handle this? Are we going to like go through it? Uh, I think we agreed. We're really going to just give y'all sort of an initial reaction because we literally just saw it like yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> we just saw this speech. 
uh, heard this speech. So the full hour, like yes. the the speech finished, <laughs> the and Edgar messaged hour. me being like, "Okay, so you ready to go?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, "Get ready, no, because <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm about to fall asleep, so we need to do this now." Yeah. Um, no, uh, so this will be more of an initial reaction. All right, let's just dive deep into it. We can do a in depth conversation about it next episode because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pontificating and discussion and, and so. All, all of right. the think pieces. All, all of the, the think pieces. All of the time. So you know what? Let's just get into it. Initial reaction. Stanley, we're going to you first. Okay. What is your feelings? You just heard our president give his first unofficial State of the Union. Yeah. It felt um, mind-numbing. <laughs> that's what I, yeah, that's why I felt throughout the whole thing. Like, even when he said things that were generally supported by both, like, Democrats and yes. Republicans, I didn't, it felt disingenuous when he said it. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't believe any of this. And I don't, <laughs> unless I see something happen to prove what he's right. saying, I'm not going right. to. A lot of talk, it. no game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my first sort of big, it, it, my my surprise really was how scripted he was. I mm. mean, he stuck to his teleprompter. He was just pretty much reading out his speech. He was yeah. very calm, very even. Um, Who's can, the worst with the teleprompter now, Donald? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell, uh, you know, Republicans were eating it up. He was delivering. Every line. He was delivering exactly what they were hoping, yeah. which was a strong but not crazy uh, uh, performance, you know. Um, but, you know, he was saying all of these things that I'm sure, you know, political and fact checkers were like, oh, my God, what the fuck is he saying? Like, I have to check all this. I think the uh, New Yorker did, yeah. like, uh, uh, so, York so and, you know, and we don't have these stats in front of us, but he was saying things like 100% assuredly, things that we know are totally false, and we're like, okay, this is... yeah. <laughs> happening right now and these republicans were taking it as like at face value and it was really uh apparent very interesting actually was you saw the room just split in half literally, like, literally yeah, split in yeah. half with republicans rich white men standing up and clapping yeah. and then these uh democrats the, a, a, a very like a small minority like it's kind of scary to see how many republicans are in that room yeah. compared to democrats um yeah uh, uh, olivia what are your sort of initial reactions I mean, in all fairness, that's usually how State of the Unions go. The right. um, the minority party will usually sit and not clap and be stoic for mm-hmm. most of it. But right. it just it's like a da- it was it's a like little a dance. more powerful this time, especially since yes. um, three Supreme Court George, three Supreme Court judges chose not to show up. Um, yeah. So that's really really significant. Also, yes. um, a significant number of um, Democratic women wore white, white as a yeah. form yes. of silent protest. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm just going to piggyback off of what Stanley said. Like, it, it's definitely the most normal we've seen Trump. People are, like, really quick to call it, like, his most presidential speech. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that because Trump is just so off the wall most of the time that I don't want to conflate him being, like, normal with being presidential. Right. Exactly, yeah. Because those right. two things are not the same thing. But yeah. like Stanley said, it just seemed disingenuous. very disingenuous the entire time. Like, Trump yeah. is just a slimy guy. And oh, and, the, and this <laughs> speech was very slimy. It and he, felt like he oh, was wait. exploitating, like, the he was exploitating people who uh, were, like, 
Yes, the people in the gallery. Like who Trump brought is his like an evil cartoon president, almost. I think. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of like key moments that sort of speak out to me. There were, I mean, you know, and I have to say, for the most part, uh, the Dems were pretty classy. There was very little booing, but there was some vocal yeah, there booing. Was. There uh, was there, some booing. That what was actually kind of funny was there was some laughing. Like there was some yeah. uh, just like laughter disbelief. of disbelief. Yeah. Like I cannot believe he's he said, the one lecturing yeah. us about this when he's the one who did this. Like I, I think he had a line about uh, you know we need to stop the fighting and all this, and it's like you are literally the reason. For well, like yeah. for fighting, like <laughs> you fight with everybody. You need to stop fighting. You're up at four a.m. tweeting yeah. about the media. Like you need to relax. Um, yeah. Uh, back to the slimy aspect of this speech, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about. He had some guests uh, come with him. I'm forgetting their names, uh, but you know, like he, every single per. I feel like almost every single person he pointed out that entire speech as guests who um are there it was just it was so slimy i just i'm trying to find another adjective and slimy just fits the best <laughs> yes absolutely they felt you know and uh, and not to take away from these people who have you know obviously experienced tragedy in yeah. their lives but you know it definitely to me at least felt like Trump was, you know, using, using their he was co-opting pain, their struggle for their like struggle. his own personal political Policies. gain. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It, it, in a way that I've not seen a president to do. an extent. Like every yes. politician does that to an extent, but this was just like the it's another oh, level. Man, it was so bad. <laughs> it's another level. Like not even Obama did this, and he brought you know. And what was interesting about uh, presidents like Obama was they would try to. Uh, uh, go, reach across the aisle and get guests that sort of represented a different ideal and different ideas. Trump was just getting guests that totally 100% uh, uh, would uh, 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 sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, reinforce the policies, policies he's about yeah. to put in place. Um, but yeah, he brought uh, survivors. Reinforces policies and also like provide proof that hey yes. i don't hate black people and women look look that's we have yes, some of them. that too <laughs> exactly that too um but yes so he brought in survivors of uh crimes uh, you know conducted by illegal immigrants um he also brought in um people who uh, well, he brought in one guest who uh strive or who flourished in private school and school choice um, he also brought in the widow of uh, Ryan Owens, the U.S. Uh, Navy SEAL who passed away um, in Yemen. Um, and, and he also brought in uh, just, you know, uh, um, did I already mention the parents of, uh, of who? He brought so he brought uh, the father of a um yeah. Uh, 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 man, I am like I am not. And he guys, also, I am. I he forgive, also please forgive the me for recording this at night. Child of a <laughs> yes. police officer. Yes. There we well. go. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that to me was the most just uh, egregious part of that speech. But then he also brought up his voice program, uh, which was. I mean, just, honestly, uh, I oh feel like for me that was the most like contentious, egregious part of the. That's speech, when uh, everyone voice program. Oh, like I think that that was one that was like 
one of the more memorable times where you could literally hear yes. everyone just like a shocked or b booing. Yeah. Yes, that was Vic- just. I mean, that was tough. Victims of Victims immigration, immigration crimes, and in for in. Engagement? Engagement. Engagement. No, engagement. Yes, I think it was engagement (laughs) or whatever. Um, Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that's such a, like, a... It's hard to put into words. (laughs) I I was texting, I was texting Olivia while that was happening and I was like, I am so, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I am so enraged right now. Uh, Okay. um, I mean, I don't, what, I, I just, I don't even know. Everything about that is just, it's slimy, you guys. It's just slimy. That's the perfect word. (laughs) Slimy Donald is the perfect word. Um, Yeah, so, you know, uh, I can see how this speech, and, you know, I was on Twitter, and I could see a lot of um, people who were very supportive of the speech who thought he did a great job. Um, If you were just to not know anything about Donald um, and, you know, you were to squint, maybe you'd be like, okay, yeah, like I can see some of this, like I can understand some of this. But you just, you know, we know the man and we know he doesn't mean half the shit he says and we know he's slimy and we know that he he does not have uh, the American people's best interest at heart and to have, you know, People, it just, it was really interesting that whenever he had a, a big a moment for applause, all these Republicans would stand up and he would face them. And it was like he was talking just, just to, to them. Yeah, the and he yeah. did not ever, ever look over to the Democrats unless he was reprimanding them, yeah. unless he was saying, you know, we need to work together. You know, we need to come together. And that was just so striking. It felt like we were watching a movie. I was like, no way. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe this. Yeah, it was such a pointed sentiment. I mean, especially coming from a guy who, like, one of his big supporters is Mitch McConnell, who, during Obama's term, blocked everything. Yes. And said, we will not let Obama get anything done. Like, if we have anything to say about it, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Um, the other sort of, and we can we can move on, and we'll we'll come back to the speech next episode. But the the one thing I wanted to sort of talk about was one policy thing that he mentioned, which was infrastructure, um, and this is something that crosses uh, party lines. Uh, but what's so sad about this thing is that you know Obama had wanted to put some of these policies in place, but felt like he there was such gridlock that none of this happened. But now we have a Republican president who has a Republican majority in Congress and the Senate. And he's going to get a lot of this stuff passed. And one of my fears, I don't know if you all share this, is that he's going to get a lot of people to work on this these infrastructure plans. And that's going to build a lot of goodwill. Um, and, and that's just scary because that is like boosts him for uh, re-election. Yeah, I mean, I think. Here's the thing. If <laughs> the Donald Trump we saw tonight continues instead of the Twitter first 40 days in office Donald Trump mm-hmm. that we've been seeing. If if Trump has turned a new leaf and decided this is who he wants to be, then I feel like there is a possibility of that happening. I don't think Trump is capable of that. That's true. So I, 
I really don't. I th- I think you're right. There's like he is so self-destructive because he literally it, I, and I might be wrong, but it just seems like he does not want the job. Like he doesn't want this responsibility. <laughs> he doesn't want to do anything to do with this. He just loves the campaign. Literally, he has already he's already having campaign rallies. He's like the first month into his presidency and he's already having campaign rallies. Um, and we hear I mean, all these enti- report. Yeah, go ahead. Go- his entire administration is in a disarray. There yes, are so exactly. many leaks. I mean, he's already compromised national security by deciding he wants to golf and having just papers laying out at his restaurant at Mar-a-Lago because whatever. You mean the Southern Um, White House, the Southern White or the Winter White House. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so I think that's a great segue. Let's get out of the speech and into... Uh, the Trump land, the things that have been going on in his administration. There's a lot been going on. We missed the week. Uh, but I want to start off with uh, something that he touched on in his speech, which was uh, the Yemen raid, uh, which he called successful in his speech, even though it was a very... <laughs> It was Lies. yes. It was not a successful raid at all. Eleven people died, including a U.S. Navy SEAL, uh, William Ryan Owens. Uh, William Ryan Owens' father, Bill Owens, uh, refused to meet Trump, uh, citing uh, he was uncomfortable with Trump because Trump attacked a Gold Star family, the cons, during the campaign trail, and also because he felt Trump rushed into this raid one week into his presidency uh, without, you know, any consideration, uh, any consideration for what would happen or the consequences. Um, very, I mean, this is... I think it's important to also note that up until that point, we had no boots on the ground in Yemen. Right. Exactly. Um, And also what this is very interesting because Trump has decided not to take the blame for this. Like he immediately threw his generals under the table um, or under the bus. And he was talking about how this was an operation that they had wanted to do before him, before he even got into office. No president, you know, as far as I know of his not accepted the blame for a tragedy like this. He's literally throwing it at the uh, the military, and he's saying, I had nothing to do with it. Um, that Which, is... Which, I mean, throwing your blame to the military when you're commander-in-chief just makes no sense to me. Because you are literally the commander <laughs> of the military! Yes, exactly. But... Like, this is, this is, your, this, this is your fault. <laughs> yes, uh, but also, it, it's, you know, it's interesting because it, 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 there's this other narrative happening right now where we have Donald Trump distrusting the military and the military distrusting Donald Trump. And, you know, the, 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 the failing of uh, the structures around Trump and trust around him is like, it's astonishing. We have all these intelligence agencies leaking information. His own White House is leaking information. His own consuls, his own cabinet members. Like, it's just a, a giant mess. And it's scary. It's scary stuff. We need a president who can trust the military, who can trust his intelligence officers. I I mean, I don't think Trump trusts anyone. No, not at all. Like, who does he trust? Trump trusts his family. Yeah. And And then pass that entirely. And (laughs) And Steve uh, Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Scary. Uh, Yeah. So the other thing um, 
you know, Trump, the, the sort of the, the other big thing is Trump has said he is not going to go to the correspondence dinner, the White House mm-hmm. correspondence dinner. Um, and he has, you know, blocked certain media outlets from press releases, uh, including the BBC, a widely respected news organization uh, who, who is said not to be biased in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of alarming. And he's giving a lot of uh, uh, great treatment to sources like Breitbart and Fox News. Which is just, of course, mind boggling. Uh, he had this. He yeah. had like, this. He had this press conference when he, where he literally just laid into the media and just was like, "Y'all are terrible. Y'all are horrible. It's a war between you and the American people." He wants us to distrust the media, and that's yeah. a very scary thing. Like it, there's something to be said when George W. Bush looks good. Yes. Yeah. Compared exactly. to you while yeah. talking about you. Like, yeah, that is mind blowing to me that for that, like Trump or Bush had that sound clip where he said the media is indispensable. Um, we needed to keep people like me in check. Power right. is addicting. And everyone's sitting there like, yeah, go George W. And I'm just like, do you guys not remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Does he no is looking good, remember? things are bad. Things are bad. Um, so that's when you know things are bad. Also, I want to talk about my, I think my favorite story from the week was Sean Spicer calling in his communication staff and doing a phone check to make sure they had nothing to hide yes. and saying that there would be huh. consequences if the story of the phone check leaked. And it leaked. And then it leaked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, My favorite thing. Um, yes. Um, okay, moving on. More Trump stuff. Uh, Trump has uh, rescinded the Obama protections for transgender students in America. American public Look schools, uh, Title Nine. This is uh, really, really sad things. It doesn't take away Title Nine in that protection, but that guidance was used by a lot of um, uh, uh, schools and organizations to um, help, you know, uh, keep other school districts from discriminating against transgender yep. students and helped informing school district policy. Uh, this is just sad because. Um, you know, one, one transgender student, Gavin Grimm, uh, age 17, uh, whose court case is literally going to the Supreme Court. Um, he was, uh, you know, the, the ninth court, uh, found in his favor using that Obama guidance. Um, so this is just sad. This is just like, it's just fucking terrible. Cause you know, we had this protection and we finally think we saw, we saw some change and then it's like, nope. Just going to yeah. take it away. Um, and I thought we should mention that. Um, I'm sure we will have a lot more to say about that in the coming weeks, um, especially when the court case happens. I think it's March 28th. Uh, so we will definitely be talking about that. Um, I don't know. Olivia, you have anything to say about that? Um, so a couple of things. Uh, Laverne Cox was actually talking about that Supreme Court case Um on one of the morning talk shows and mm-hmm. basically she said something to the effect of it's about trans people having access to public spaces. Yes. Like no one no one is saying no one is saying that like oh they 
like there's a reason people are saying like, oh, they need to use this restroom or they need this restroom. It's basically to block them out of having access to public spaces because right. no one is going to be comfortable with people using. No one is going to be comfortable right. no matter what bathroom they're using, I think. Right. Right. I think there's just an inherent discomfort with trans identities in this country that people just don't want to talk about because yeah. it's foreign to them. It like, it's right. a very easy way to other someone. And they don't want to. And so this yeah. is basically just are trans people allowed to exist in public? Yeah. And yes, so far the answer is no, no. which is really disheartening. Yeah. Um, it's very and some, disheartening. Yeah. And something that's actually really interesting from the school district that I went to public school district, Cypher ISD, the um, women, the women's wrestling champion is actually a trans man, a trans boy. Interesting. And he won because he was made to compete in the women's category in wrestling. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, and people, people are calling foul and saying that that's an unfair advantage, but you can't say that when the school district is literally making this person right. who is on hormones and has testosterone is making them compete in the women's division. It's right. just right. You can't say you know he can't like be the logic on the boys just doesn't team. make sense to me. Right. You can't say he can't be on the boys team, and then when he wins on the women's team, you can't so be like foul. You can't you know, call like, foul. What? Yeah. No. That's so fucked up. Um, I know, Stanley. What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> this is very disheartening, and um, transgender the transgender community is probably the most um what do you call that that term They're disrespected disrespected um, ignored yeah um discriminated against yeah and to take even more rights away from them makes it yeah very unfortunate. and trans yeah and well, trans women especially trans women of color exactly experience inordinate amount of amounts of violence yeah yes um i do well. want i do want to clear up the Trump rescinding this guidance isn't taking away Title IX. Um, so they, they still have this protection, but it's now up to the Supreme Court. Now what happens is Title IX says uh, in its states it prohibits uh, discrimination, discrimination against sex. Uh, so what that means now is that the Supreme Court has to debate what the word sex means. And they have to debate uh, whether transgender um, students are protected under uh, this term. Uh, so that's going to be the next battle. So while we may have lost Obama's guidance, at least uh, there's still an argument to be made. Um, it's just going to be a lot harder for, um, you know, people to fight this case. Yeah. And so that's what's, you know, really sad and disheartening. And, you know, Trump, it, it, it's kind of hypocritical because Trump said he would protect transgender rights. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, a Trump supporter, actually is very <laughs> upset with Trump because she thought that he would deliver on his promise. Oh and I just want to be like, Caitlyn, uh, you should have realized that the motherfucker was not going to like, deliver on his real, promises. Caitlin, come on. Yeah, come, come on. on. Come on. Come on. Um, all righty. Um, like, Caitlyn, you as a 
Republican should have known. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, yeah, you should oh have known, God. Caitlin. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, uh, I want to talk about school choice real quick. Uh, Betsy DeVos has, you know, uh, said another Ew. stupid, idiotic thing that we need to talk Ew. about. Uh, she was addressing <laughs> historically black colleges, uh, some colleagues, and some uh, uh, just a very important people. And she said that historically uh, black colleges are a prime example of school choice and they were pioneers in school choice except that um the reason that they were uh pioneers not, in school cho- no uh, <laughs> the reason why no. <laughs> i know it's kind of hard to get through this uh the reason why uh they it was uh, considered school choice is because they literally had no other choice they could only go to See, those schools cool, yeah. because if they went to a white school they would be murdered they would literally be like killed. you can't say there was a choice when there was no other no option choice. there was zero choice uh, <laughs> huge blunder she backtracked um and tried to save because face of course she did but it didn't really work uh so thanks for that one betsy um all right last thing i want to talk about um before we move on is the town halls um a lot a lot has been happening it seems that democrats are having their tea party moment um Town hall Republicans are having town halls all across the country, and they are just being flooded with, um, you know, uh, angry constituents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so people are very upset about the Affordable Care Act. People are very upset about Trump's Russia ties. There's calls for the representatives to investigate. Um, yeah, this is just a uh, uh, very alarming stuff. You see videos of Representative Tom Cotton being yelled at by very angry and passionate uh, people who uh, feel like their uh, you know Affordable Care Act is going to be taken away from them, and unfortunately, it looks like it will be. Um, very, very with no interesting. replacement because with the no Republicans replacement. have no plan. They say so, they have a plan. They don't have a plan. They have no. zero plan. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people are saying this is the Democrats' Tea Party moment. What do you all think? Um, is this the beginning of a grassroots movement that moves uh, p- past this and into the midterms and really changes things? Or do you think this is just, um, you know, uh, uh, p- paid protesters and fake news? What do you all think? <laughs> Stanley? Stanley, oh, yeah. <laughs> Olivia, 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 get. Come on. <laughs> All give right, I'll give go. us something so Stanley can go. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, I'll go. I think I think it's really important to keep this momentum up. We've been doing a good job so far, but like. I'm tired and it's only 40 yeah. days in. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We need like our and, second like, I haven't already. even been here and I'm tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's important to keep this momentum going. It's also important to go to these town halls mostly because Republicans need to know that Donald Trump did not win the popular vote. Definitely. Like, he did not. A majority of Americans did not want your guy in office, and we are going to remind you every single chance we get that we mm-hmm. don't, we didn't want him. Right, right. Do you think it's gonna, you know, change a lot of these Republicans' mindset when it comes to Trump? Because a lot of them are bending over backwards. Not a lot have stood up. You know, you have your lone voices like uh, John McCain and those sort of figures who are standing up to Trump, but it, not even that well, if I'll be honest. And then you have those people like Shavitz who refuse to look into Trump's Russian ties, very obvious Russian ties that he will uh, look into. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping 
my dream is that Republicans have a change of heart and say, okay, you know, we want to stay in office, so let's do our job. Um, I don't know if that'll happen, though. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like they might just be replaced, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't think that's going to happen, mostly because um, I think the Republican Party is now a structure that upholds white supremacy and upholds kind of class division. Basically, they're looking out for them and themselves. themselves yeah. Are yeah. you white and are you rich? Okay, we're going to look after you. So I think it's a structure that just kind of keeps that... It's basically a cyclical, like, we're just going to look out for our own and right. keep white, keep you know, this keep going rich white people for, at the top. Yeah. So yeah. I, I honestly don't think a change of heart is going to happen. I... I mean, you even see it with Republicans are also they're spineless. You know, the minute the yeah. minute they had a chance to like, especially Paul Ryan. I yeah. mean, yeah. I love talking shit about Paul Ryan. I love it because yes, <laughs> you go you go initially as like Paul Republicans like Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, those who are seen as kind of the moral compass of the Republican Party, um, initially denounced Trump during the primaries, called them out, did all of this stuff, and then the minute he was the nominee, you know, flip-flopped and decided to support him. They got in line. Um, Because, you know, I get it, your political career is at stake, but you're... You're literally giving up a piece of your humanity, in my opinion, right. to your integrity support is this gone. guy. Your Definitely. integrity, your humanity, your dignity, like everything <laughs> to support this man. So, I mean, you know, repre- I just, yeah, Representative I have very Shavitz, little hope for the Republican Party. Rep- Representative Shavitz was like, I cannot look Trump in the eye after his grabber by the pussy comments. He's like, I cannot look him in the eye and I cannot support him. And, you know, uh, or I cannot look my family in the eye if I were to ever support a man who said something like that. And then next thing you know, he's like uh, Donald Trump's lapdog. You're like, how do you live with yourself at night saying one thing and then totally doing the complete opposite? It's just mind-boggling um, like in an effort to preserve their political careers oh they you know they give up it's like it's kind of like selling your soul to the devil right yeah it's like you give up your humanity to like get all this awesome stuff pretty much pretty much well let's hope these town halls work and let's hope that this grassroots movement keeps on going and things change i'm a little worried it's gonna be tough for those midterms uh but who knows what happens we'll see um, okay, I think that's pretty much it, unless I'm missing something. There's been a lot going on, uh, but that is pretty much it for the political segment of the podcast. <laughs> uh, we have... Whoo, that was that, a time. That was a time. When we come back, we are going to talk about the Oscars yep. and much more. So stay tuned. back guys and now um this segment we're gonna start off with the oscars the oscars happening on sunday night hollywood's biggest and glam and lobbying (laughs) lobbying and (laughs) racism and all the fun stuff okay um let's do well olivia did you watch the oscars actually i 
watched part of it. I was I like partially watched it. Okay. I, okay. I didn't watch most of the ceremony and then I watched like the big one. I watched like the big categories. Gotcha. And then I watched the speeches later. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I fell asleep. So Stanley and I usually we watch award shows together, but this time we were split up, a family divided. Yeah. <laughs> no, Stanley yeah. watched it uh elsewhere and I watched it here. Um but, you know, it was uh, uh, quite the interesting night. It was after all these award shows where we had gotten some very disappointing results, we got an Oscars that were a little bit more of a mixed bag and not yeah. quite what we thought. It's not like a sweep for one right. movie. It's not yeah. quite what we thought they were going to be. Um, so Do you guys think this is because of the new um, Academy rules? I Definitely. I think it definitely plays into it somewhat. What's new uh, rules? So new rules like if you you can't you have to have been active in the last three years uh, oh, stuff okay, like that okay. uh, for Academy members that you know hopefully would um, change some of the results you know because yeah. there's a lot of just yeah. um, uh, you know extra fat that needed to be trimmed from the right. voters. Um, Okay, uh, let's go through some yeah, of these we'll big winners. And then obviously there's the one moment that everyone knows about already. <laughs> and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But before we get to that giant, amazing moment, we are going to go through some of the winners. Um, I don't know how you want to do this. Do you just want to go? I'll, I'll, I'll go. Okay, go I'll for it. it. <laughs> yeah, Stanley's like, I got a game plan. Don't worry. Okay, go for it. I'm just going to go through this list. Okay. All right. So best picture of Wait. the year. No, no, no. Are we, we going wanna, to no. no, we want we just you said gotta we, build up the best picture. <laughs> yes, okay. we're doing that at the okay. end. Okay, so the first award that was awarded that night was Best Supporting Actor and Yes. Which was Mahershala Ali. Which amazing moment. Amazing. Okay, not only is it an amazing actor, but he's also the first Muslim to first win Muslim an actor, acting yeah. award yes. at the Oscars. The first guys. Muslim actor to win an acting award. Amazing, amazing moment. Um, he had a very wonderful, short, sweet speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did very well. And uh, you can tell he was just filled with emotion. And when you see an Oscar winner like that, you just like, you feel like you feel so proud and happy for them. Yeah. And and it was just it was just awesome. And it's like, oh, my God, that's Remy from House of Cards. And look at him now. What? <laughs> like, this is amazing. Oh, um, that feels so long ago. I know. Uh, so congrats. Congrats. Uh, wonderful. Amazing role. And uh, I mean, he he deserved it. Hands down. I mean, he yeah. just I mean, he's in the yeah. movie. Not that long, but he just owns the movie. He is part, like the movie, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, Viola Davis was nominated for an Oscar for Doubt, and she had like one scene. One That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, when it's good, it's good. Hey, when it's good, right? it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving it's on. Quality, what else? Not how long. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I did. I missed this, but um, Suicide Squad won best makeup and hairstyle. Yes. Suicide won like two one Academy Awards. One, one. one or two. And one. now they one. get to put on all of Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. I forgot, winning Suicide I, Squad. I forgot what website, but there's a website that uh, there's this website, and one of the headlines was like uh, a list of very talented filmmakers that have less Oscars than Suicide Squad. Vertigo. <laughs> Vertical won one, none. Um, uh, Susan Cain oh won God. one as That's well. That's amazing. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I just want to mention that Fantastic Beasts won um, for best um, costume design, which is like the first Oscar for a Harry Potter movie. And it was also interesting because a lot of people thought that that was going to go to Jackie. Or La La Land. Or La La Land, and it yeah. didn't. Well, and that's part of the narrative, too, because we thought La La Land was going to sweep, but La La Land was losing a lot of yeah, these losing. little awards. Yeah. Not little, but you know what I mean? These awards that... These technical... Right, awards that yeah. people thought La Land would just get yeah. automatically, and they weren't yeah. getting it. And that's when I, when that started happening, there's like something inside me that was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting. Like, yeah. This is going to be interesting. This isn't going to be like predictable." Or, right, yeah. right. Um, all right, moving on. Um, best documentary: O.J. Simpson mm-hmm. or Made in America one. Yeah. How did y'all? How did you feel about this? I expect I haven't seen happen. it. Yet. I haven't seen it, but it's the longest running uh, film. Uh, to win screening oh 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 no runtime yeah it's like eight eight hours long okay yeah okay and people were saying that it's more of a tv show than a movie but then others are like some critics watched it all eight hours in one day and that should count as a film i don't know i I don't know if i can do it that's a job that's a job um what else but i feel like that kind of sets so then, like, where do miniseries fit into that? Because if an eight-hour <laughs> this ain't the Golden Globes, be... goddamn it! Yeah. yeah, right. Like, if if an eight-hour thing can be considered for an Oscar, then like, what's to say, you know, making a murderer can't, you know? That's true. Right. That's yeah. true. Netflix might be, you know, getting some ads on Variety. You know, why not? <laughs> I mean, I'm a I'm gonna give it less than five years. Netflix is a Netflix movie is gonna be nominated for, for Best Picture. Well, oh, we'll see. Well, a Netflix yeah. movie was already nominated for was it foreign film? Uh, what was Which it? One? It was the movie with Idris Elba. Oh, Beast of No Nation. Beast of No Nation yeah. was nominated. Yeah, um, yeah, amazing. Okay, but yeah, so a lot of Nef- best, uh, it's coming, you guys. It's coming. It's coming. Like um, even Manchester by the Sea is an Amazon. Oh yeah, it's an Amazon so. movie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, so it's happened already, Olivia. Uh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, both it Netflix, has happened already. Both Netflix. I'm talking specifically about Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Both Netflix and Amazon won their Oscars, first Oscars during this amazing telecast. All right. Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else? Okay. So, best actress in the supporting role went to Viola Davis, of, of course. course. Which I mean, who had the most the, the amazing best speech? speech the best. Speech. She always has the best. Can she speeches. win Oscars for speeches? Yeah. She needs to get one. <laughs> oh, can yeah, she win an Emmy for her speech at yeah. the Oscars? Because yeah. that would every be perfect. Every time, every time Viola Davis wins an award, though, she always has an amazing speech, and she is the first black person to have won an Emmy, Emmy? a Tony, and an Oscar yeah. for acting. Amazing yeah. and. She, she needs her Grammy to get that EGOT. You know what I'm saying? And she won the Oscar she for the same role that she won her Tony. It's like the same role for Fences. Uh, I yeah. mean, she that's an amazing role, yeah. and she kills it. But I'm just saying, you know how she gets her EGOT? She does a spoke like she reads a book or something, an audio book, and it gets nominated for the oh. recording, and she gets that it's go- Grammy. It's, it's going talk. to happen. She yeah. can talk about like. Wind and I would and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you'd listen to it. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> what else? Um, okay, so the salesman won the best foreign picture of the year, um, which, uh, it, which was a very great. political moment at the Oscars. Yeah, that was a very powerful moment at the Oscars. Asgar Farhardy, the director, wrote a yeah. statement that you know had someone read, which condemned uh, President Trump Trump's ban for yeah. Um, Muslim yeah. ban and it's very reminiscent of um, who's the guy in The Godfather? Uh, 
Jesus Christ. Why am I forgetting? Who's the main character in the Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, when he had the Native American woman come up. And and talk about how Indians were Mm -hmm. treated in film, and this is very similar. Yes, very similar moment. Um, Except this time, the person reading the speech wasn't ushered off the stage very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. They gave her time to talk. They weren't threatened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Everyone is really supportive. Yeah. Also, the short film about the white helmets one, and there was a there was a speech to to similar effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a Netflix film, by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of like little political moments during the Oscars too. There, I really loved when Gal Garcia Bernal came up and he had this speech, and he was all like, Uh, he was like, as a Mexican, as a Latin American, as a human being, you know, I (laughs) I I can't support walls that divide human beings. And I was like, oh my god, like it was just a very powerful and. A wonderful moment and that it was like throughout the entire show people each speech like someone would touch on it a little bit like yeah. you know we have a responsibility as creatives to be the voice of the people and to not put up with this shit um yeah which was although it was not as overt as say at the grammys or yeah, it's not as, at the golden yeah. globes um but yeah yeah it was definitely a lot more subtle definitely it wasn't like a meryl street moment right right but you could feel that underlying cl- mm-hmm. yeah um, Zootopia won Best Animated Feature. Which, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, course. I'm I'm gonna be real. Zootopia's fucking awesome. Like, it's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, Zootopia's a great movie. <laughs> I mean, not gonna lie. It's really good. All right, what else? Um, uh, let's see. Production. <laughs> Stan's like, fuck this award. Fuck this award. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, best Editing won for Hex- Hexall Ridge. Surprising. Uh, I felt like they were throwing it a bone, and it won like they two, won a couple. It won two, uh, two few. or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and that's surprising. That's the Mel Gibson movie, right? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Mel Gibson I was mean, there, and really, he was like, Yeah, it it kind oh, of surprised. So gross. It kind of surprises me that it took like a very short amount of time for everyone to be like, two Yeah, Oscars. Mel Gibson's cool again. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, he, it's the same award show they gave Casey Affleck the Oscars. All I'm spoilers. saying, spoilers. see, that's spoiler. why. <laughs> like honestly, that's why I have such a problem. Like, yeah. fucking with the Oscars. I just, oh yeah, <sighs> I. It's way too easy like, to how forgive do you, white yeah, men like, for their how, bullshit. Exactly, especially with kind of the Casey Affleck. Uh, conflict happening in the same year that the Nate Parker conflict happened. Yeah, right. And Nate and Parker like, Nate was Parker's buried. Nate Parker's career didn't survive. No, not right? at all. It was like a not a smear campaign, but like that was used to discredit or right. take out what's his film? Yeah, a birth of a nation. Yeah. Which, by the way, before all that broke and uh, people found out about it, uh, that was like people were Sundance saying, hit. Yeah, people were saying that was the movie that was going to win the Oscar. Yeah. Like people were like, yeah. this is going to be the one, and it was quickly destroyed. Yeah, once once everything was found out, that was used and to I take just, that down. Again, there's something slimy about um, Brie Larson, who's a sexual assault survivor, having to present to give that. the yeah. award right. to Casey Affleck. She it did that just, twice. She's done it yeah, twice. She yeah, she had to do it twice. It's just really gross. And I don't know. A lot of people say that, you know, like, I just want to look at the art, but you can't separate the art from the people it's made by, you know? It's tough. It's some, tough. Some and- people can do it others i mean it's tough and it's a question that hollywood constantly is struggling with with honoring filmmakers like woody allen and roman polanski 
um, who have the privilege of being rich white men. And they both. And they both right. are continuously forgiven yeah. for what they've done. But, you know, and, and we've had this conversation on this podcast before. Yeah. You know, it's I can forgive someone who says something that I don't necessarily agree with and get with their art. But when it goes beyond it, when it goes into actual sexual assault, it's a different yeah. animal. It's like a different thing. But I mean, um, I think definitely actions speak louder than words. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And he settled out of court. Case Affleck settled out of court. Yeah. Well, and the other thing yeah. too is that you know both Matt Damon and Ben Affleck have been very supportive of Casey yeah. and have had uh, like they've been a strong uh, front for him and they've like not backed down and they're like no we are going to get through this and we're going to bull like bulldoze our way through this yeah. controversy and it's working, it's working yeah. like it's actually yeah. working. Um, Casey Affleck was on SNL. Casey Affleck yeah. was on all these like magazine covers. He had, he was on the cover with Emma Stone. Um, just and we'll get to it. We'll get to it when we talk about his award. But uh, all right, and let's keep Cre- going. Chrissy Teigen was like fake sleeping through his speech, yes, which was yes, like the best. Which yeah, was, choice, choice. Oh. Um, all right, what else? Um, Lola Land won for best cinematography. Best cinematography, which you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the movie looks good. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, what else? Still have not seen La La Land, you guys. I still haven't watched it. It's okay. It's okay. It's not, you know, best um, picture or anything. All right, moving on. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, they also won for best score. Yes, which yeah. no one was surprised. Yeah. Um, and it won best song. Best song, yeah. No one was surprised. These are all I'll, like really predictable wins. But I do want to say both those songs aren't even like my favorites, and <laughs> they're not even like that good or memorable. I think they're memorable. I, they're. I will say this: they're competent, good songs, but they're not like earth shattering or memorable uh-huh. in a way that something like a lose yourself by Eminem was back mm-hmm. in early two thousands. People were like, Whoa, what the, like that was a song that trans like, uh, transcended the film, uh-huh. you know, uh, these songs don't necessarily do that for me, but maybe for you, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mo, I think Moana did it a little bit more, but really trolls is the, the movie with just wow. JT. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like the fact that trolls can, the, the trolls movie can also say Academy Award nominated. <laughs> I know. Oh All right, moving on. Let's ignore what Edgar. <laughs> that song. I mean, they started the show with that song. Oh. All right, moving on. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, best original screenplay went surprisingly to Manchester by the Sea instead of La La Land, which which surprised a lot of people, and also yeah. I think was um, you know retrospectively looking back, the Oscars likes to award filmmakers that they will not award uh, an award later on. Yeah. So he did not win for best director, director yeah. but he won the screenwriter, which has happened a lot to directors like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, does he have a best directing award yet? I don't think he has one yet. Yeah. Yeah. He, he only has for writing. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, all right. What else do we have? Eh, I don't think it's that crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm with you, Olivia. I'm with you. We're about to get roasted by all our followers. I know. They're going to kill us. Like, that was the biggest thing in film school because I know. basically film school in Austin is just being surrounded by a bunch of people who love Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and want to be the second coming of exactly. those two filmmakers. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> 
It's always really entertaining to just like go to a group of film bros and be like, I don't like Quentin Tarantino and then run away. And they're like, what? Like they have to figure it out. Yeah. They're like, what? Someone doesn't like Quentin Tarantino? Uh, okay. Um, and by the way, this is coming from someone who loves some of his movies, like really. I adores. love all of them. And then there's other movies that I do not love at all. Cough. Hateful Eight, terrible movie. Oh, I love Hateful Eight. <laughs> okay. I think um, I liked Inglorious Bastards. I don't know if I would like it now, but I liked it when I watched it when it came yes, out. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, what else? Best Adapted Screenplay went to Moonlight. Which was uh, a surprise. Yes. People yes. thought Hidden Figures was going to win. What? Yeah. Says who? A lot, a, a who? lot of the people... <laughs> I, we're Honest, saying yeah, Hidden, Hidden Figures was going to win. Yeah, that was the favorite for that. Yeah, that was the favorite. Like, everybody knew, was a favorite. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew that Hidden Figures wasn't going to win Best Picture. Like, everybody knew that. Right. A lot of people were like, this is the war they're going to throw Hidden Figures. Oh. Like, we're going to throw Adapted Screenplay. Okay. But I was happy with the results either way. Moonlight. Like, yeah. Because Moonlight. it's a gay screenwriter who right. won a film about gay people, and that's, like, mm-hmm. something that's never been done before. Right, right. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Um, best directing, Damon Chazelle for La La Land. Damon Chazelle for La La Land. Youngest, Youngest director, director. 32 years old. Wow. Wait, 37 or 32? 34? 34. Wait. Whatever. Something in his 30s. Uh, He's youngest, young. He looks like a baby. What we're trying to say. Yes, you look at his 32, face. 32. 32. Yeah. He's a baby. Um, he does have a baby face. He does have a baby which face. Which means he was like 29 when he made Whiplash. Yes, which is, yeah. by the way, one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, Amazing movie. Really good. Better than La La Land, if I'm going to be real, but that's another discussion we can I have later it. on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, but I mean, I, of all those directors, I mean, yeah, I would have probably pre- preferred uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve. Um, cause arrival was amazing and I thought he wasn't going to get any, uh, I thought that film needed at least something, but Barry Jenkins, I mean, was also a solid, amazing choice. Um, so if it would have gotten either of those three, I would have been okay. Um, I hadn't, I have not seen Manchester by the sea, so I don't care. And then Mel Gibson, I'm like, please do not give a fucking award to Mel Gibson. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. What else? (laughs) Okay. So best actor. All right, we're getting to it, y'all. We're getting Casey to the Affleck. big stuff. Casey Affleck wins. Uh, everyone was sort of... Boo. Not surprised. Not surprised, but a little bit surprised because Denzel Washington was, like, mm. uh, coming up. He won uh, at... SAG. Was it SAG? Yeah. yeah. He won at SAG, and a lot of people were saying, hey, Denzel might actually win this. It's the first time in 10 years where the SAG-winning award actor and the Oscars were different. Were different. And a lot of people are saying it was very close, like a very close, close uh, vote. whatever vote. I mean, I don't know how they know that, but that's what people are saying. Um, yeah, not surprised, but also didn't, uh, a lot of people were at the same... I like. Okay, so this is what happens. He goes up there. He has the most awkward fucking speech. I mean, it was dumb. Like, he did not have... <laughs> he, he even said it. He's like, I wish I had a message, but I don't have anything. Just thank you to all these people. And then he even talks about Denzel, and he says... Uh, you know, it's an honor. I've just met Denzel. He inspired me to act. And they cut to Denzel. And Denzel... He's, like, not having it. Denzel could give, a, like, it. a rat's ass. He does not give a fuck. Like, he's just like, whatever. And Denzel looks pissed. I think Denzel he thought he was going to yeah, win Denzel. that night. I would have been pissed if I was Denzel, too. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot believe... This motherfucker won over me. Yeah, it was it, it was funny. It was funny, but also sad. It was just a sad, gross moment. 
And it was weird. He like, you know, his brother Ben hugged him, and it was like this like really broy moment. I know they're actual well, brothers. brothers. <laughs> I know, I know they're actual brothers. But come on. And then Ben Affleck, and it was just like, oh, it was so icky. It just felt icky. I don't know. It was not for me. Casey Affleck's just an icky human being, though. Yeah. Yes. Just, yes, he is. I mean, I think yeah. that's what like when you know someone is an icky person, right. and they do anything, even if it's relatively normal, it just feels gross. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know, you know, a lot of people are like, this was 10 years ago, blah, blah, blah. But still, it's just weird. It's just strange. I don't know. And all right, moving on. We've already talked about it. Moving on. <laughs> Best actress. Best actress, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma our, Stone. My favorite white person to ever portray an Asian person won. <laughs> so many. So many wonderful Asian actors at the Oscars. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, oh, but, but by the way, Jackie Chan was at the Oscars yeah. kicking ass. 74 years old. What, how old is he? 70 something. He's old. Is he 70? Yeah, he's, he's like, like 70. 70. Yeah, look this up. Look this up. How old he is he? does not look it. 62. He's 62. He's Well, sorry. I just added 10 years to his life. Uh, yes. Does not look it, though. Does not look it at all. Uh, Emma Stone won. I don't think anyone was really surprised. She was the favorite. Uh, she had a pretty great, decent speech. Yeah. Um, She's thanking everyone who supported her. Um, well, yeah. it was between her and Isabel Hubbard, right? Yeah. Like, that was, like, the big yeah. kind of... Pretty. Yeah, like, is the Oscars going to... Give it Pretty to much. Al or her portrayal and Isabel Hubbard's portrayal in Al and like no probably no I'm not well, sure. You know what's interesting to me is this the it's like the third year in a row the Oscars uh, honor a young white woman for best actress, mm-hmm. which is I mean not that there's anything wrong, but it's just you know it, interesting that that's sort of how the Oscars have been skewing lately. I've heard yeah. a statistic where the best actor winners median age like the average age was like like in their 40s or something but while the best actress winners were in their 20s right and that's just i mean right i don't even know how old like Stone is. she's like her late 20s yeah, early 30s yeah um interesting all right moving on like how um good roles are given to younger actresses rather right. than you know what was interesting was that natalie portman didn't even show up she was pregnant. She's pregnant, yeah, yes. Yeah, she's, like, super pregnant, though. I know, I know. Pregnant. But, right, yes, but you can't ignore that for the longest time. People are like, oh, my God, she's going to win for Jackie. And there was, like, this oh. huge buzz. And then when she started not winning anything, she sort of started, like, distancing, distancing but herself. But doctor's orders. That sure, she- sure. But she was definitely not going to these award shows anymore. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. All right, moving on. After she lost, was going Maybe to Maybe because her doctor yeah. was like, hey, exactly you should not after. go to award shows. <laughs> Maybe her doctor was like, you can't go to award shows and lose because you get all sad and we can't have that for you oh. <laughs> all right uh we're, we're here the Biggest, big moment yeah the big moment best picture uh la la land psych all right so we have warren Beatty and faye dunaway come out they're the presenters yeah uh they're handed this envelope and you know they read out the nominees and they're gonna announce the winner warren Beatty opens the envelope and then there's the longest fucking pause yeah ever and everyone thought he was joking or everyone thought he was joking and he was like uh and, and then she's ha- like you're t- you're awful yeah faye's like oh you're awful and she he hands it to faye and she's she just reads out La La Land. Uh, 
the producers come up, uh, you know, everyone's so happy. The yeah. cast and crew, they're all up there. They're all having a ball, enjoying, giving these, like, pretty wonderful, great speeches that you can tell were My rehearsed. blue-eyed wife. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of the producers, uh, what's his name? Jordan uh, Horitz. Horitz. He was talking about um, his blue-eyed wife. And you're like, uh, okay. Uh, but anyways. Like, that moment was very uncomfortable. Like, please don't. Yeah. Don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, well, he redeemed himself yeah, later. He, but. He, he's the same producer who stopped. Yes. Everything. Okay. So that's happening. And then while they're having the speech, there's like some weird commotion in the, in background. the background. You see yeah. one of the Academy Award producers come out and he's like looking at the envelopes yeah, and he's like, like, what is this? And then people are like, wait, what? And then it's really funny. If you like watch close enough, you see Emma Stone. She's like, oh my God. She's like, oh my God. Oh my, oh God, my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What's <laughs> happening? And then uh, later on, you see a clip of Ryan Gosling just laughing his ass yeah. off. When he knew what had happened, he was like, oh, my God. Um, so what... I like that Ryan Gosling just found so much like joy. Yes, <laughs> yes. The um, fact that so many people had fucked up at the same time. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so what happened was Moonlight had Moonlight actually won. won. Yeah. The envelopes were swapped. Uh, they had re- accidentally received the Emma Stone, yeah, best actress, best category. actress envelope. That's why Warren Beatty was so goddamn confused. He was yeah. like, in his head, he was like, "How did Emma Stone win Best Picture? Yeah. Like, he had no idea." idea um so because pwc keeps two sets of two sets yeah on each side of the stage which is why and the stagehand was apparently distracted distracted by amazon's beauty and her radiance after winning an academy Uh award uh uh, so you know, it's it, it, it was a pretty interesting so moments when Jordan so, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So so when when I saw it first when it was unfolding, we were all talking when Lala and won because it wasn't like a huge surprise. It was over. Yeah, you they were like, oh over. okay, whatever. And then when they were like, oh no, Lala, Moonlight, you won. And I thought this was like an Adele um, Beyonce, Beyonce moment where moment. she was like giving like. Beyonce, you deserve the award. But right. I thought this was happening. Like, Moonlight, you deserve the award. I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. And then it kept going like, wait, 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 wait. I know. He was all like, he was all like, no, this is not a joke. Please come up. This is this is not a joke. You guys he, won. You guys won. And then he yanks the envelope from the producer yeah. and it and it says Moonlight. Best Moonlight. And like, mind blown. It's Everyone's like, like, oh my god, what? Reverse Grabbies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot believe this. Um, so. I will I will say this. Um What's his name? Jordan Horowitz? Yeah. Yes. So he handled it beautifully, I think. Yeah. I think it was like he a did. really it was like a really nice, beautiful handoff. He said he was honored to hand it to his friends for Moonlight. Yeah. And, yes. the, and they, uh, yes. the Moonlight cast and crew also accepted it very graciously. Right. Um, they they had built a camaraderie doing the award circuits. Like yeah. they've grown and I think close. especially especially with kind of like award show, you know, journalism. Being like La La Land versus Moonlight, it right. was just a nice moment Building to see that kind of like two films just coming together, like definitely just it, being friendly, friendly towards each other, being nice. Yeah. It, like to each other. human beings. Yes, God, that was nice. Although beings. I do want to criticize the media for, you know, not that I should criticize the media all the time, but for sort of making Jordan Horowitz this like white savior, which sort of bugged me a little bit. Mm. Yeah. There's this whole it like, also, he is the man, he's the hero of the night. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. He just behaved like a normal person should. Yeah, yeah, like, anyone he just who did yeah. what should have done. Yeah. And like, it also kind of makes. Moonlight's I also win. hate the focus on the gaff just because it 
I feel like takes away from Moonlight's the fact wind. that like the win yes. for Moonlight is so monumental. Like, yes. let's just be happy that a movie like Moonlight. It's an won. independent feature. It's an independent feature. It's the independent first feature about a gay black character. gay yes. masculinity. Masculinity. And no one dies, and the ending is well. Happy. Someone dies. <laughs> okay. Quan, yeah. But, but you never I see mean, like, yeah. it, but in one of those senses, like no one is ill, no one is. It's like, not, it doesn't deal with dying. like the slave it, narrative, or yes. it, yeah, yeah, it's just a movie about black gay masculinity yeah. that looks at it from a very like empathetic human perspective yeah. and it doesn't have to know, be more just, right it can be just what it is and, and it's, it's just, just so poetic beautiful and beautiful and uh, absolutely what it's it, such a good movie amazing and you know it's something i hadn't even noticed and i was reading an article about it you have a lot of movies about gay characters that are nominated for best picture but none Never of them won. have won yeah this is the first one and that was a great amazing moment um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little sad. I know we were talking to some of our friends, like, uh, you know, Kayla, who's been on the show, friend of the yeah. pod. She was talking about how she felt a little sad that uh, Moonlight's Wind will always be tainted by this gaffe. That, or overshadowed yeah. by this or other overshadowed thing. by this other thing. Um, so that was a little but bit still a monumental But still moment. a monumental yeah. moment. And it was also, like, in a I weird just, way... I just wish that the media would focus... Not on the gaffe and not on Jordan Horowitz being a great person, but right. on the fact that, like, this is a monumental win and we should be celebrating diverse voices in film winning Absolutely. and, like, coming yeah. out on top for once. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and the other thing I sort of saw, I saw a lot of this on Twitter, too, when I was reading a lot of the comments, whereas uh, it was very, it was like a metaphor to see this largely white uh, uh, cast and this largely a group of white producers be replaced by a black cast yeah. and black producers. Yeah. It was like oddly metaphorical. And it was like so great to see that after the Grammys, after such a disappointing loss, yeah. Yeah. to see something like that. Um, it's really funny. Riz Ahmed actually posted an Instagram video of the handoff and saying something to the effect of change is slow, but it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. Um, yeah. Uh, How that, did you react when you saw it? I mean, it, so it was, it's actually really funny. I was watching it uh, with a really, really dear friend yeah. of mine and she, after the Oscar, she was already, she was done with the Oscars and after La La Land was given the award, she was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And she literally just like was out the door when all this shit broke down. And I was like, oh my God, you have to come back. Like you will not believe what's happening. <laughs> and it's like the craziest moment. But um, <laughs> I was in shock. I don't know if I believed it at first. Like you, at the same time, I was like, I think they're pulling it in Adele right now, uh -huh. you know, but then, you know, when it turns out that it was real, uh, I was still a little confused. I was like, how can you even trust that? But once he shows it, the envelope, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, it's real. Like this actually happened and it felt great. Like it felt good. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I love both movies. I'm not going to lie, but Moonlight is definitely the better movie in my opinion. And it's the movie that, you know, spoke to me in a way that La La Land didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Olivia, how, how did you react? <laughs> I was very happy. Yeah. I, like, there's something, that, like I was say, is something, like, really symbolic about a largely white movie with a largely white cat. Like, I just don't, I mean, maybe quality-wise, both of those movies are 
in the same range. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen La La Land, so I can't say. Um, There's a lot of La La Land bashing going on There is no though, way that a movie about, about to... Yeah, there's in my like there's just no even if quality wise both of those movies were similar there's no way a movie about two white people where the only black character was made to be a sellout from my understanding is as impactful <laughs> As a, it's as impactful as Moonlight. Like, there's just no way that happens, That's right? True. And so, yeah. like, even if, right, even if quality wise, the and like, I'm not gonna get into like what movie is better, obviously, because I haven't seen both. So even if they're both like quality wise, really, really great, like, there's no way La La Land in my head can be as impactful. Exactly. Yeah. As right. Moonlight. Right, absolutely. Like, right. Paves kind of paves the way. And for I don't this. know. There's especially like with the La Land crew. There's been a whole like they're just like this movie was so hard to make, and I was like, but what? How hard though? Yeah, but <laughs> you want a prize for it because you've already gotten <laughs> like, a lot of them. <laughs> you literally made a movie about Hollywood with two huge Hollywood to, actors. Wait, 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 wait. To be fair, to be fair, um. Yo, I don't know if you knew this, but Stanley's a huge La La Land apologist. No, to be fair, <laughs> La La Land was an idea that the director had before Whiplash, and it wasn't until Whiplash was a, a success that he had the opportunity yeah, to make yeah. La La Land. And because no one trusted uh, an original musical to actually be successful. And That's fair. Yeah. That's fair to, an extent. to like, an extent. To an extent. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent, and but, but Moon, like, uh, something like Moonlight would be so much harder to make, obviously. And right, right, exactly. Like yeah. Moonlight, Moonlight was a movie that A twenty four was just like, I Backing. guess we can bankroll this, yeah. you know. Right, the, like, it's a different kind of struggle, yeah. you know, where yeah, the, Damien the, Chazelle may have had to make another great movie a good to way prove to himself. It. Yeah, you know, these people, you know, you know, they're struggling just to make the movie. Yeah. You know, a uh, different kind of struggle. But I get what you're saying. Uh, at the end of the day, they're both great, wonderful movies. Yes. Uh, and you know, like I'm not trying to discredit the quality of La La Land because I haven't <laughs> seen it. I've heard it's great, um, but, but I have seen Moonlight, and like very, I feel like there are very few movies that make me feel the way Moonlight does. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. that just doesn't come around every day, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm glad the Academy decided to honor it. It was surprising for me. It because was when, surprising. When they read La La Land, I was like, yeah, but right, of course. Everyone of course. Because everyone was expecting La La, La La Land. Like, um, even I was just like, well, we all know La La Land's going to win because they're never going to give it to something like <laughs> Moonlight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, that's um, what all of us thought. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like a really beautiful, refreshing moment, especially... When the entire cast is up, like when the entire cast is walking up, they're all just in shock, but yeah. also very happy. Right, right. Um, yeah. So to sum it up, the Oscars surprised us, uh, you know. Yeah. I, but at the same time, some things didn't change, like Casey Affleck being honored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got uh, wins like Moonlight and La La Land surprisingly didn't sweep the way that yeah. people thought. They would. I don't know if this is all 100% due to the rule changes in the academy, but it seems like they're taking one step in the positive direction. I feel like it's going in a good direction. Yeah, maybe one step back, but, you know, two steps forward, one step back. I don't know, but uh, hopefully, you know, 
other award shows can learn from the Oscars and try to change things. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Side note, um, can we talk about Gary from Chicago and how oh. he straight up told Jimmy Kimmel he was ignoring all the white actors? That was my favorite. That moment. was hilarious. <laughs> that moment was so fucking weird when Jimmy Kimmel had it was, people It walking. was a weird You're thing like, where they were just like, oh, let's laugh at the little people but then it just got twisted completely yes, because of Gary. Awesome. It was my favorite. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, okay. Uh, that is it for the Oscars. We spent a lot of time on them. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, uh, there's this little movie, this little. little movie that recently came out that, you know, it, we would be amiss if we just did not talk about yeah. this. We have to talk about it. We're over an hour, but you know what? Who cares? We have to talk about this movie. Uh, not, gonna... not a super well-known director. Yes. But... <laughs> yeah. What, you have something Are we going to do a spoiler? Yeah, let's do a spoiler All right. discussion yes. about Good it. Good idea. This will be a spoiler-heavy discussion about of the film Get Out by Jordan Peele. So if you haven't seen it. Get out right now. So this is... Oh, my Get God, out Stan. and go see it. <laughs> so, yeah. a, uh, so I want to say, please watch this movie. Before we even Before get we into anything, our review yeah. or whatever, watch this movie. Stop this podcast. I know that's, you know... You, you're, Pause it you're, or stop. Yeah. I know you're d- this far into the podcast. You haven't stopped it already. So stop it now. Go to your local movieplex. Watch, watch it. it. And then come, come back. <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame has directed a horror, horror movie. movie. A horror comedy. Yeah. Black comedy. Um, it's in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there God. were like funny moments, but you yes. can't call it a horror comedy. I don't think it, you can I, call it a I would horror pers- comedy. I would personally call it a horror comedy, though. I mean, there's... Yeah. It, it. It's a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy. Um, it's a horror movie. There's a a character is used mainly for comedic purposes. There's some, com- there's yeah, some there's comedy. Yeah, char- there's one character. <laughs> I mean, it's not Sha- it's not Shaun of the Dead or anything, but it's still yeah, you know, kind of funny. Yeah. I'm with Stanley on this one. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this movie because this is. Uh, I mean, it's the movie that's of just. The- yeah. Of the moment. Like, yeah. everyone's talking about it. I want to quickly mention uh, Chance the Rapper. Uh, <laughs> he bought out a whole uh, day's, day's worth, worth of showings yeah. at a movie theater in Chicago. And he was like, just show up with your ID and we'll let you in and watch the movie. Yeah. And he's, like, being, uh, being a big Super advocate right. for this movie. Um, a lot of people talking about because it. Because it's, it's so good. It's right, so let's good. good. Let's go through some, some stats before... Um, right, go for it, Stan. Opening weekend, it made $33 million. Woo, number woo. one. That's John Wick numbers right there. Yeah. And Which the is budget. really, like, really odd. It's really odd for Fint. a horror movie to make that yeah, much money for in a opening small weekend. horror yeah. movie? Yeah, for sure. Like $4.5 million budget. Um, not starring a wide actress, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, not many known actors in right. the film. And um, Ron Tomatoes critics gave it. A one hundred percent, ninety nine right now. Oh uh, no! Because this one, fu- one critic. Did I not tell you? They're trolls. The trolls. He is an actual but troll. He's the troll. Was it Armin critic, White? Right? Armin like, White. Armin White. Why? Armin fucking White. <laughs> of course. A conservative. <laughs> what did he give it? A ne- negative rebut. He he's doesn't terrible. say, but he's, he's terrible. I was like, I thought they kicked him. They kicked him out of the yeah. site for. I mean, a hundred percent doesn't mean a perfect movie. Yeah, it just yeah. means True. all of the critics recommend the movie. Yeah. Yes. And, but that's like, 
now it's like in the top like best horror movies on the website on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so Stanley, guide us into the movie. Oh, okay. So we did this last week, but no one has seen it yet. Yes. Besides, like, meanwhile, but um, Chris visits. Uh, Chris and his girlfriend are an interracial couple, and Chris is black. And uh, he's yes, and uh, Chris is played by Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Yeah, and uh, his girlfriend who, is, is, who you might recognize from Black Mirror. From yeah. Black Mirror, um, and also I think he was on Skins. Skins, apparently, apparently yeah. Uh, I also, didn't watch Skins. I know him from Black Mirror. <laughs> Black Mirror, yes. Uh, and then also Allison Williams from Girls, from Girls, and daughter of Brian Williams. Who's what? Brian Williams? He's a the news. Yeah, he's okay. A, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you figured it out just as you asked it. You're like, oh yeah, I do know who okay. he is. Um, yes, uh, he plays, she plays a girlfriend, and um, he Chris goes to meet his girlfriend's parents over He's the weekend. He's gonna meet the parents. Yeah, it's like, um... Who's out in the country. So they're in the city, yeah. and they're gonna go out in the country and meet the parents, uh, played by uh, Catherine uh, uh, Keener and Bradley Whitford from... Uh, Kevin Woods. Kevin Woods, and also... I was gonna say The West Wing, but okay. <laughs> Kevin oh, in the yeah, Woods. Wing, yeah. <laughs> yes, Kevin in the Woods. Um, yeah, so it, it's... It's like, it, guess who's coming to dinner... Right. With like uh, a racial like horror. And guess who's coming to dinner was one of the influences, like one of the main influences yeah. for this movie. That and Stepford Wives and Rosemary's and Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Rosemary's yeah. Baby. Yes. All right. Which were both written by the same author. Ah, yeah, so. very interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? What else do we need to know? And Should we just jump into it now? Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's just, so that's the premise, right? You have and then, then interracial couple. Weird they're things going start to meet to the white parents. Yeah. Yeah. And then weird, strange like dark things, things like, start oh. to happen. Um, Spoilers now. I mean, yeah. I mean, there lot. There's gonna be. It's gonna be spoiler heavy. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know how to really uh, start. Uh, I mean, were, were you? What were you expecting? Because the trailer is sort of tell you it's gonna be this thing, but the movie is actually kind something of something else. Something else. Yeah. yeah. It's not where you expect it to go mm-hmm. for a movie yeah. that's every. Yeah. I feel like every level of that movie is, was just subverting a trope. So by the time you get to the end, you have like one idea of what's happening, and then it ends up being different, yeah. which I really mm-hmm. liked. Definitely. That was, uh, and that's sort of the, the, the strength that Jordan Peele has as a director. Subverting expectations. And as a visionary yeah. for this movie. Um you know, he, I felt like yeah, not I don't only know. taking typical horror movie tropes and subverting them, but also taking things within the plot line of and, yeah. his own story and subverting mm-hmm. those expectations that well as yeah. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt like when he was right, I don't know if this is true, but while he was writing it, it, he must have been like, my natural instinct says to do this. So I'm going to do the opposite, you know? Right. And, uh, and yeah. then that's this, that's the movie you get and it can work. Some people say, don't do that, but it works like yeah. this totally worked. Um, uh, what are some sort of key moments in the film that sort of s- stood out to y'all? Because uh, there's a lot going on, right? So you have the the, the different relationships between uh, the parents and, and how they interact with Chris. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, you have the subtext, which is the parents' ulterior motives, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah. like different, uh, it's like an onion, right? With different layers. And you yeah, you have to watch it a second it. time to see everything that you've missed and yeah, all the definitely. clues that they laid and out. And the entire, I've only seen it once, but the entire time I was like, huh, I should rewatch this because I'm sure I'm going to catch little things that yeah, I totally Yeah, there are a lot missed. of things. It's dense. The movie's dense. It's a short movie, but it's dense. Yeah. It's jam-packed. 
Um, great use of music. I want to point out real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well done. I mean, the horror in it is just like highlighted, but the great use of music. Yeah. Just absolutely well done. Um, do you know who scored it? Actually, um, it's a, a black composer who's never done a horror mm-hmm. well, or a soundtrack before. It definitely worked out. Well, um, good job. Yeah, yeah. Good fucking job. Michael uh, Abels. I yes. Think and it. the musical, whoever picked the like the actual like recorded music for it too, did a great job. The movie starts off with Redbone, Red which is a fantastic song. Uh, by Charles well, it Gambino. actually starts off with "Run, Rabbit, Run." <laughs> yes, "Run, Rabbit, Run." Uh, great. By the way, let's talk about that intro. That was awesome. It was so yeah. well done. You know, um, I'm forgetting the name of the actor who plays. What does he play? Andre. Yeah. He plays Andre, and he's sort of like he's in the neighborhood. Well. He's also on Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what's actually really uh, interesting is I, I've, you know, I'm not a black man in America, but I'm a Hispanic man in America. And I've wa- and I've lived, you know, I've grown up near suburbs and I've walked in the suburbs and I've had sort of similar feelings walking down the suburb. And I'm like, I feel like a sore thumb right now. Like, I feel so weird right now. Uh, so I thought that was it. It was really well done. Like, I totally felt like I was back there uh, when they did that. And I'm sure a lot of viewers like a lot of viewers in my theater definitely have experienced that. So yeah. that was a very scary moment when we saw it. Um, yeah. What else? Um, Olivia, do you have anything? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how we should structure this. I know there's we, like so many. Th- if we like should go I plot know, by think, plot or should we just keep jumping around? Um, I think maybe like the one standout thing for you in the movie or the one or two standout things. Okay. Let's so go for it. I know for me, like, hands down, Daniel Kaluuya is a star. Like, holy yeah. crap. He was so good. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, the the best scene for me was that initial hypnotism scene. Oh. That. Mm-hmm. So effective. So Was well amazing. My stomach dropped when he dropped to the sunken place. <laughs> <laughs> the sunken place. Yes. It's like. Sink into the I was, floor. Sink. I mean, like yeah. that was oh. the that was the one moment where I was like, "Holy shit, white people are so creepy." Yeah, <laughs> it was so viscerally like, st- like strong and like uh, how they shot all that. Oh, was, definitely, uh, and it works. I think on that so was many the love. moment in the film that was like the most effective for me. Yeah, and I, I love like, the way they Ooh. cut to his childhood memory yeah. of him standing in front of the television waiting for his mother yeah. and how they build that shame from that moment into his sunken place and they make yeah. him in the sunken place look at a screen. It's like he's looking at a TV screen yeah. and yeah. he's like removed. I'm like, so many little things like that in this movie, you're like, oh my God, it, uh, just so well done. Um, a, a, another sort of big moment for me was, and this is all throughout the movie, was just, so there are key black uh, actors yeah. in the movie who uh, later on you find out aren't quite all there because their brains have been replaced, yeah. uh, which we find out later in the movie. But the way they acted um, and the way their like little um, uh, uh, real selves would come out, yeah. uh, that was like a, a very frightening and scary moment. Cause you, it's, like, it's like that feeling when you're not in control of your body, yeah. but you're not... You know, I don't know. It was just really well done. Like, the like actress- every everyone in this movie did an incredible job yeah. acting wise. Yes, yes, including uh, the crazy girlfriend uh, played <laughs> yes. by played by Allison Williams, who yeah. played the most perfect psychopath, eating her uh, fruit loops, oh eating her fruit loops separate so from weird. her milk. <laughs> 
That's so terrifying. Uh, like, oh my god, what is that? Was is awesome. That? that was just awesome. like surrounded by all of her past exploits. Ugh. Uh, oh, so ah, uh, gross. Although and, I will oh, say you know, this is just like a right. personal thing, but. Every time I see Bradley Whit, every time I hear Bradley Whitford's voice, I can all I think is Josh Lyman from The West Wing. Like even though he doesn't look like him <laughs> yes. anymore, yes. I just, like every time I hear his voice, I'm just like, oh, it's Josh. <laughs> I know. I was like, he can't be that bad. He's Josh. Like, come on. <laughs> um, and did, did you guys realize that um, when Chris was like strapped into the chair? He frees himself by picking cotton. Yes. Yes. He picks the cotton. I did Those are great. That. That was My great. mind was blown. That was a Boom. Moment. Like, um, oh. Well, and let's talk about some of that. When so, I was some, in the theater, that moment was the moment. Like, everyone in the theater yelled at that moment when he, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> pulls the cotton out of yeah. his ear, and everyone's uh, like, what the fuck? Yeah. No. Um, I, I, let's talk about that, though. The little, th- like, the actual. Um, like horror elements yeah. of it when you have him being brain because you think you were about to watch him get brainwashed or yeah, hypnotized yeah, yeah. or hypnotized but really they're gonna swap his swap brain brains, literally yeah. swap his brain um, I was not ex- I, like I was not yeah, expecting that me neither. and that's yeah. a, that's the other thing like it's leading up to this moment where you're just like okay hypnotize it's like okay they're like gonna make them slaves or some like weird yeah. ass shit and brainwash them <laughs> sex slaves yeah <laughs> <laughs> make them sex slaves and shit sex slaves no. and shit but sex slaves and it, shit. they end up turning it on his head Right, yeah. and it's a different kind of racism. You're like, you think you're getting one kind of racism, yeah. but really it's a whole different ball game, you know? Which yeah. is like the beauty of the movie. Yeah, and yes. Francis was mentioning how like... Um, also a friend of the pod. Thank yeah. you, Francis. <laughs> um, she, she mentioned how the guy who wanted Chris's body, he wanted him for his eyes, his like... Mm-hmm. What do you call that? His, his artistic eyes. Yeah. 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 And that's like... Chris is a photographer, by the way, yeah. if you didn't know. And... Chris got that talent by experiencing his, his life, life. Right. but the guy just wanted his talent without experiencing the his life. life as a black yeah. man, just wanting to just, just take that. Just take it yeah. and get it for himself. And I'm like, whoa. That's, that's, Even though yeah. if you start thinking logically, you're like, but he wouldn't get it because it's still his brain in that body. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, it, it, that subversion I thought was so well done because it's like, no, it's not, you know, these white people making, brainwashing these black people into being their slaves. They're literal slaves. Really what it is is these they white people appreciate appreciating them and wanting to be them. But that's its own form of racism, yeah. you know. It's like appropriation or like yes. blackface, yes. you know. Yes, exactly. And um, I like how the movie, I touched upon it before, was, um, wasn't was going for out, outward white racists who hate mm-hmm. black people it's more there were no um, like white hoods in the movie yeah. right but it was the it was kind of the more i feel the like liberal, it was more the racism that yeah yeah the, like this. the white liberals who were like we voted for obama but also yeah. like we clutch our purses when we exactly across the street yeah exactly Exactly. And, uh, that, and they do, but they, you know, and that's the cool thing about this movie too, is that it gives you those glimpses of that other outward racism, but it doesn't quite get there. Like when they get stopped by the cop at the beginning yeah. and uh, Allison Williams, like defends her man or whatever. Yeah. But then also later at the end of the movie, when the pol- the cop car Cops, pulls up yeah. and for a split second, you're like, oh my God, no way. Yeah. I no think that way. was for me, like the scariest part of the movie yeah. when the cop yes. pulls up, I was like, oh no. 
Oh no. And it ends up being his friend. Yeah. Um, who uh, plays the TSA agent. But yeah, I, I think that moment is like so effective because like um, people who aren't black who are watching the movie knows the feeling of mm-hmm. how a black man feels when a cop comes. They can and... get a small glimpse of what that feels yeah. like in that moment because like, they've gone through so much with this it character. It puts you in the character's shoes yes. and like so brilliant in the uh-huh. way that, yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I, I remember like when that, that was happening. Like that movie was, Get Out was like damn near perfect. Yeah, pretty much. In my much. opinion. It was so <laughs> pretty good. Much. Pretty much. Um, Yeah, and, you know, um, I'm sure we can talk more in depth about it, but really go out and see this movie. Check it out. So, so well done. And and even if you don't want to, you know, uh, think too deeply, you're getting just a really well done horror movie. Like, it's just a fun, well done horror movie. And that's what makes this movie so brilliant is that not only does it tackle these topics, it's also just a solid movie. Yeah. And it you works can tell, on every level. Yes, it works on every level. You can tell Jordan Peele is a talented voice in the I'm horror so genre. I'm so excited because he, he says he wants to make to do like five um, more. a lot of these social thrillers. Social, yeah. He wants to make yes. four more. He wants to make a series of four over the next decade. And I'm yeah. just so excited for the next one. And I want to see wait. like all the ideas that he has and like, oh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, so I think you know we've we're, we've gone way over an hour, so I think I'm going to wrap For it good up. Reason, though. Um, we will probably revisit Get Out. I'm sure it's yeah. not the last time we talk about it. Um, lots of big things happening with that. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much for listening to our podcast, Alifia. We are so happy that you are back. I'm so oh. happy to be back. Yeah, Stanley, you're going to say oh, something? Um, fun fact, not really, but um, the original ending in the script of Get Out, um, Chris gets arrested by the police. That would have been so And dark. gets thrown in jail. That would have been so yeah. fucked That would have been up. fucked up. Yeah. I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. Me too. Because, really, like, we've gone through so much with yeah. him. It was also like a nice point of relief to have his friend pull up and be like motherfucking tsa S-A. <laughs> yes that was awesome that was awesome um all righty uh thank y'all so much for listening you can listen to us everywhere that you listen to podcasts we're on uh stitcher google play itunes and follow us on twitter we're at minority pod and our website minoritypod.com mm-hmm. Um, let us know how we're doing. Leave us reviews. We grow from them. It really helps us out. Uh, follow us on Facebook too, the minority report. Let us know how we're doing there. We're actually a little more active on Facebook than all our other social media, but mm-hmm. we're going to work on that. Um, Olivia's back, uh, and we're glad and we're going to have some team meetings and we're going to figure out some things we want to do with the podcast. It's going to be a lot of, yeah. a lot of fun. We'll see where it goes. Uh, thank you all so much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.